Uh, good morning all, welcome, good to see you all, those who've been travelling, uh, welcome back. Um, and it's nice to, I guess, as, as faces start to return, um, it's good to, to have you here and for joining us uh, this morning. And if you are here for the first time, I'd like to also welcome you uh, to our church. It's a very simple place, we just want to worship God, we want to share His Word with you, because we believe in a God that is alive he lives, he reigns, and he continues to work and change pe- changes people's lives uh, for good. And uh, we, I want to share some of that with you uh, this morning. And we thank God that we still have his word today that is uh, full of truth and full of promises. And in some ways, I just want to, I guess it's like a, I'm, I'm giving you like a, a meal today, like I want to feed, I want to give something for you to eat something for you to digest, something to take away. You probably maybe be listening and you're eating and you probably think, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this food. Um, and I can't, I don't know, that's all I can give you today. That's what's on offer, if you like. That's what's on the menu. Good. So someone's hungry, which is good. Um, and um, it's, it's just it's something that I, I guess I just want to be able to, to know that you can take and you can eat and you can uh, make a difference in your life. Um, please join me as we, as we pray together. Heavenly Father, you are good to us as we've been singing. You are faithful, full of mercy and full of care. And though we don't always understand your ways, sometimes they are beyond us to comprehend, you are always good. And we thank you for this. Father, we bring this morning before you, we we pray that as we've sung to you, as we've expressed our love to you, uh, that our hearts are open to listen to what your word has to tell us. So we pray your blessing as you feed us, uh, as you teach us, as you help us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, as we started the, the year, started January, you know, you think about it, wow, it's what, January 15th at the moment, and so it's halfway through this, the first month of the year, and probably for some of you, you know, the things that you thought about you're going to do, uh, maybe you've forgotten about them already, I'm not sure, you know, but it's the, sort of the start of the year, and, it's, and yet we're sort of rushing and racing through January, where it's, we're almost, well, we are, we're, half, we're halfway through the month. But at the beginning, of the, when, the first, when I first shared with you on the 1st of January, I, I shared with you that I wanted to go through a little series around new beginnings, and I wanted to dedicate the month of January to this. And so last time I shared with you, um, a couple of Sundays ago, we spoke about God as being the God of new beginnings. And uh, today I want, to, I want to continue with a different theme um, and do that over the next next two, two to, to three weeks. But I think it's a good time to reflect. It, it's still the first month of the year. It's still a time where people are thinking, still a time that people are reflecting. And I think it's still a good time for us to do this because it is important for us to take some time to stop and think about where we are at and where we want to go. The Lord has a plan. The Lord has a plan for us. The Lord knows what the next 12 months are going to look like for us and beyond. But it's good for us to stop and to think about this. And there's no greater thing that I can say to you, there's no greater encouragement that I can say to you that in all your planning, uh, there needs to be first an establishment or, or understanding that your relationship with the Lord is your priority. And so whatever I share with you today and over the next couple of weeks, you need to always have that in the background, that your relationship with God 
and your relationship with Jesus is the priority. All the planning and all the, all the purposes you have for yourself, if you miss this, you miss the mark. Oh, sure, you might do some good things and sure, you might have some great achievements, but you miss the mark of life. You miss the mark of what the Lord Jesus Christ has come for. He first wants all your heart. He first wants you. He wants you to know him and to love him and to, be, and to know his love for you and to be in this relationship. But it's good to reflect. It's good to take some time to reflect. Because last time when I shared with you, we spoke about how God is a God of these new beginnings. And if you recall, we spoke about the man that was born blind. He was born blind and he spoke to Jesus. And Jesus, after that interaction with him, made him see. And the Bible says this, we read this last time, it says, since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Now, if you remember, this was a remarkable miracle that Jesus performed. Because in from their own words, they were saying, even from, the, from all the time we've heard, nobody, nobody that's been born blind before has had their eyes come to life again to be able to see because God is a God who can do this he's the God of those new beginnings and in Mark there's another story about a man who couldn't walk and his friends brought him to Jesus the crowd was so thick that they took him to the roof they lowered him down and Jesus healed him now even in that passage the Bible says this in Mark 2 immediately he arose he took up the bed he went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed And they glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. It's the same thing. It's never been heard that someone born blind can be made to see. We've never seen anything like this. Both are talking a similar thing. God is taking something. God is taking something that seems to be unreasonable, impossible, and has done something with it. Because if anybody can, God can. Because this is the God that we serve. Because when you look at the lives that God transforms, and you look at the lives that God touches, and the things that God has done in your life, and even in the people that you know, we say the same thing. We never saw anything like this. Because he's the God of new beginnings. So when the enemy comes and the thoughts come in our heads to think that this is not possible, this person can't change, I can't get over this, I'll never overcome that. Well, this is now a shift from the faith that God intends for us to have in a God where we're able to say and declare we never saw anything like this. Because if anybody's going to do it, God's going to do it. Now remember in Psalm 65 we said that God drips the year, I think it says, with abundance. And because God has the year planned, and if we trust him, he's able to bring about the change and the new beginnings that we desire. So again, I'll ask you as I finished last time, what is it that you need to change? Have you been working on that since I last shared with you? What is it that you really need to change? And what is it that you need to leave behind? What is it that you really need to leave behind in 2022? It's just got to stay there. Let it go. Leave it behind you. And bring and start the year with a faith of a God of new beginnings.
And this morning, I want to share with you somewhat a, I guess it's, it's a bit of a challenging, for me, it's always a bit of a challenging topic to, to, to speak about, but this idea of new, creating for ourselves new habits or new disciplines. And it's a bit of a tricky one to share for me uh, whenever I think about sharing with you about, about creating good habits or good disciplines because I never want it to be interpreted as being rules. I never want it to become something where people say to themselves, okay, if I do these 10 things, then I'm a good Christian. But whether we're doing it or not, or whether we realize it or not, we all have developed for ourselves disciplines and habits that we do all the time, knowing or unknowing. And I want to share with you something around these things so that we as Christians, we as children of God, understand that as we move into a new year, that yes, it's really important to make sure that the disciplines and the habits that we have are feeding our souls or bringing us to a place where God wants us to be, into a place of Christ-likeness. And it's, the, Bible, the Bible encourages us to do this. So, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and let's just start with this. Let's start with this as a way to um, re- bring to light, if you like, the important things of developing good habits or good disciplines. <clears throat> First Corinthians in the New Testament and chapter chapter nine. Now, they're very similar, but they're also different in some ways. Often when we speak about um, a habit, often people think about habits in something negative. You know, often they think, oh, it's a bad habit that I've got or someone's got a bad habit. And often we think about habits in some, in some ways not a good thing, though they can be. Yeah, we don't want to confuse it. They can be. And often when we think about disciplines, we think about being disciplined in a certain area, we think about that in a good way. You know, this person's disciplined in this or this person's disciplined in that. And we think about it in a good, in a good way. But I'm not really thinking about them like that today. I'm just sort of using them interchangeably. They're sort of, we as Christians develop habits or disciplines that are going to help us. And you know yourself what you might be doing at the moment. You, you, only you know yourself the kinds of things that you are um, habitually doing, you know, the things that find that it becomes part of your, your daily life. And what I really want you to understand is really one really important thing is that habits in themselves or disciplines in themselves are not godliness. I don't want you to think that if you do a list of certain things or if you create a certain lifestyle that this is godliness. They're not in themselves godliness, but what they do, set them up and have them in your life in a proper way. They lend themselves to Christ-likeness. They, they help your soul become more and more into what God wants you to become. I'll give you an example. Someone says to themselves, I'm going to read the Bible consistently this year. And I set my mind and make sure that every day at a certain time, I'm going to develop a really good habit and a discipline. I'm going to do it and make sure that I do it and do it really well. And they do. But we don't look at that person and think, oh, what a godly person. Do we? We don't look at that person and think, oh, this is godliness because they are so disciplined in reading the Bible every day. Because you know what? You can read it, walk out of the place, and then does nothing to your life. So in itself, in themselves, these disciplines are not godliness. What they are, they are means. They are ways 
to help our soul become more and more into the image of Christ, to become less and less of ourselves and more and more of Christ. And the Apostle Paul knew this. I believe he knew this. He knew what it took to be a man of God. He knew what it took to be someone who would live their life with purpose and depth and not just someone who would walk through life shallow and sort of just doing whatever they thought was necessary to be done. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, from verse um, 24, he says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? He says, Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or self-controlled in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but for we an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. See, the Apostle Paul knew that if he was going to live life in such a way that he wasn't just running in vain or beating the air in vain, that he was going to live his life with purpose and he was going to live his life with a way that was going to make a difference, then he knew that what really important thing to have to, that he would have to do was to keep himself disciplined. He knew that. It was part of life. That's very different to a world today that encourages us to do what we want to do when we want to do it and indulge in anything that is possible and before us. That's not how we live. If our life and our faith is serious enough, we live in a way that is disciplined, in a way that is living life with habits that are going to be helpful, not unhelpful. Because that's how we live. That's how life becomes full of depth and purpose as Christians. We'll come back to this in a moment. But a similar verse Paul talks to young Timothy about, he says in Timothy 2. I'll just read it for you. He says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this Life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Same principle. This time what Paul is using, unlike the athlete, which he goes on to use later, he doesn't use the athlete here, he uses the analogy of a soldier. And he says, you know what, now a soldier, when they're at war, they don't go around thinking about all, all the things that they're going to entertain themselves in life about. They are there for a purpose and they'll endure hardship and they'll do what needs to be done as a good soldier for Jesus Christ. And what they're careful about is entangling themselves with the affairs of this life. Because once you become so entangled with the things of life, you become distracted from the things of God. And if you entangle yourself, what happens is that you find it hard to get out of this. And so your life misses or loses the very purpose that God has for you. You entangle yourself and you can't afford to do this. So by being, having disciplines or habits that are good, this prevents this entangling of yourself with this life. Which Paul, uh, which Paul, yeah, Paul, warns, us, Paul warns us about. So think about for a moment the kinds of things that we're doing consistently that we might be, that we need to take responsibility for. 
You might think of yourself at the moment, you might say, I feel maybe vulnerable. You might say that I feel like I'm weak at times. I'm not strong enough to do this. Well, consider for a moment the things you're doing consistently, things that have become habits, things that have become disciplines, if you like, or habits of your life. Give you some examples. Think about how loose your tongue is. Think about it. When we talk about habits, disciplines, think about how loose is your tongue. How well are you in taming and controlling the very words that come out of your mouth? Or how quick are you to shoot off things that you're forever saying sorry for or hopefully you're saying sorry for or maybe you're too proud to say sorry for? Just think about it for a moment. We're talking about habits of life. What's the looseness of your tongue like? What are you taking into 2023? Think about for a moment your habits with the Word of God. How casual are you in the Word of God? Is it a casual thing for you to come before God's Word and to let it speak to your life throughout the week? Is it so casual that the days you pick it up are the days that you come to church? Think about the habits of your life. Think about the habit of being irregular in fellowship. You know, the idea of I come and go sometimes, not always, here, there, now and again. Think about the, being irregular in the fellowship with believers. Has it become a habit for you? Think about the unpredictability with your self-control. Are you a person known for being self-controlled and disciplined? Or is it unpredictable? Because unpredictability in your self-control isn't Christ-like. Do people approach you not being really sure whether you're going to snap or not snap? (laughs) Whether you're going to do this or do that? Are you unpredictable in your level of self-control? Has it become a habit for you? Has it become a habit in the way you think? Are you always and constantly thinking about things that are unhelpful for you? When the Bible encourages us to think on things that are good and just and honourable, has it become a habit of you to think and consistently, habitually on things that aren't helpful? Well, these are the sorts of things, and just a few, they're just a handful. These are the sorts of things that uh, uh, are not going to lend themselves to, to, to godliness. They're not going to lend themselves to Christ's likeness and in fact brothers and sisters you can actually sometimes develop habits without even realizing it did you know that sometimes you don't you can have habits and not even realize you have got them or or you don't even realize maybe you're doing them i'll give you an example are there certain people that you always find yourself talking the same way to you see someone you know and it's always just that person That person in particular, you always speak a certain way to that person that's not nice. Everyone else, you're fine. (laughs) Oh, you're so so caring and loving for everyone else. But when you see this person, whether you realize it or not, you find what comes out of you is something not nice. So for that person or those people, you find yourself, your tongue or your words, unhelpful. 
And it's become habitual. It's all of a sudden now, it's, it's like an automatic response. You see him, what comes out of your mouth is not good or unhelpful. And you develop this habit now. Or think about every time you have some free time. Oh, I've got some free time now. Think about the habit you formed for yourself. I've got some free time now, so I'll do this. And all of a sudden, it becomes the same thing. And it may not be a very good habit to have, but you've created this habit in your life that every time you have some free time, I've got a spare half an hour, I've got a spare hour, I've got a spare couple of hours, you find yourself doing this. Is that the best thing to be doing all the time? And now you start to understand why I find this topic challenging. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to create rules for you. But I do know and I have learned and I understand through the scriptures that the greater your life is disciplined in the things of the Lord, the greater holiness will prevail. Because your faith is not putting themselves in the habits themselves or the disciplines themselves. They're putting them to the Lord and it's becoming less of you and more of Him. The Apostle Paul understood this. He talks about needing to be self-controlled or temperate in all things, he says in verse 25. And he takes, speaks about having to discipline himself in verse 27. So we need this good discipline. It's important for part of our Christian life. It's important for depth. It's important for growth. It's important for, for longevity. It's important for purpose. It's like if... Someone said to you, oh, guess what I'm doing this year? I'm going to the gym. I'm going to start going to the gym. And they say to him, you say, how long are you going for? How often are you going for? And they go, and the person goes, yeah, I'm going to go once a week to the gym for an hour. And you go, oh, that's good. That's good, yeah. Uh, what else are you doing? That's it. It's fantastic. I'm so committed to doing gym. And then you look at their life during the week and their eating habits are really bad and their, their, their exercise habits are really bad and they're watching TV all day and, and, and they're just eating takeaway food and junk. And then look, But I go to the gym once a week, creating a good habit for myself. What are you going to say to that person? Of course what you're going to say to that person is, that's ridiculous, that's not going to help you. Yeah, but guess what I do after gym? I hang around, I speak to all other gym people for a couple of hours. It's so good because I'm getting to know gym people as well. Because we know and we understand that's ridiculous. We understand that these habits that we set ourselves aren't something that we say, this, if I do this, this is what is going to be the answer. I'm going to go to a gym once a week. That it's got to be part of my life. And that's why Paul says, in all things I'm temperate, in all things I'm self-controlled, in everything I'm doing, in every place that I am, whether I'm home or church or work, I'm not one person at home and a different person at church. I'm not one person at work and a different person amongst my brothers and sisters. I am who I am. By the grace of God, I am disciplined in everything that I do. And these things lend themselves to Christ's likeness. Do you understand? They become less of me and more of him. Jesus had them. If you think about the life of Jesus, he had them. Often we read of Jesus moving away and spending time with his father, whether it was early morning or during the day, he went to places of solitude and just spent time with his father. It was a habit he had. He formed a discipline or a habit that he would just spend some time in solitude. 
his appetite to do the Father's will. He said, my food is to do the Father's will. If something's an appetite, it's a habit, trust me. If you do it every day to the point where you call it your food, that becomes a good habit. My food, he said, my habit, my discipline, every day, every day is to do the will of my Father. It becomes a habit. The way he responded to people, Jesus was very measured in how he spoke to people. Jesus wasn't, wasn't a person to react to people. He didn't, uh, he didn't fly off the handle and, and, and base it on emotion. He was very measured in how he spoke and how he responded to people. Yes, he was firm at times, but he was very measured in how he did it because he had this habit of doing it. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter, who, when he was reviled, didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but he committed himself to him who judges righteously. When someone said someone to Jesus, he didn't say, well, you just wait because oh, you don't understand what's going on because you haven't. He didn't do that. He just was very measured. He trusted in the Father's will. It became his habit. And they're just some examples. We could speak and look at the life of Jesus and see other ways that he did that too. But he was certainly a very disciplined man. So brothers and sisters, if we're taking our faith seriously, then are we really ready this year to persevere in creating the habits and the disciplines that are going to help us? To let go of the ones that you know about that are unhelpful. But allowing the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of his spirit, first to reveal and second to establish in us habits that reflect the life of Christ or that lend themselves to godliness. And only you can do that because you can take this food this morning and you can say, I'll eat this part, but I'll leave that part. But I tell you the truth, that if you don't make any intention this morning to change the habits that are unhelpful and replace them with the habits that the Lord Jesus Christ asks of us, then you're not going to see change. If you find it more comforting and reassuring to hold on to the old habits of life and the way you've always done things, you're not going to see any change. So if our faith is serious enough for us and we are really serious about our faith and we're really ready to persevere to develop the habits and the disciplines that are new and good from the Lord. It's kind of like this in Colossians, it says this. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Listen, put them off, put them off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Notice what Paul is saying there in Colossians. Come on, put it off. Put off the things that are unhelpful. Put off the malice and the anger and the lies. Put them off. Put off the things that come perhaps are like a default for you. Put off the things that are unhelpful for you. Put off those things that don't look like Christ. And put on now as the new person with new beginnings, new life, new God, new year, whatever you want to call it. The God who can do it. Put on the things that are going to help. I think that makes good sense to me. If I'm taking my faith seriously enough. 
So let me give you some things to think about before I finish this morning. What about this year we think about this? What about we consider being consistent in our prayerfulness? Again, it's not a rule. But consider that with me this morning. Now, I'm not talking about a prayer time. Yeah? I'm not talking about setting a time where we just, this is the time I pray. I'm talking about consistency in prayerfulness. In other words, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, you're just a prayerful person. You're always taking the time to spend and consult with the Lord. You're in the car and you're praying. You're doing things socially in your mind, your heart, you're praying. You're seeking the Lord. You're prayerful in all things. You do not uh, want to just um, compartmentalize when you pray. You're just a prayerful person. You're developing a habit of prayerfulness. You're not saying, oh, when are you praying next? Oh, I've got plans 8 o'clock tonight to pray. You're consistent in prayerfulness. You're being a person who's always doing that. What about consistency in the reflection of God's word? That you're not just depending on a time of the day where you're spending in God's word, but even throughout the day you're taking the time and the moments to think on what the word of God says to you about this. The Bible says, I've kept your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. What about this one that people aren't very good at with these days? What about being consistent in developing a habit or a consistency in being compassionate toward other people? See, to show consistency and compassion towards other people means you are driven by the act of mercy all the time, even if people seem to wrong you. But they're always wronging me. They always speak like this to me. They're always like that or they're like this. Living consistently with a heart and a heart of compassion and mercy will develop a habit that you'll become known for this. Oh, and you'll become known like Christ. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a denial of truth. We don't deny truth. We don't say, oh, it doesn't matter if you're doing this because it's okay. No, but you're being consistent in compassion. What about consistency in the practice of self-control this year? How would you rate your self-control at the moment? If someone had to rate you and said, oh, this person, their self-control is... And they knew your life, honestly. When I think of self-control, I think of little things that help me like this. Not always getting what I want when I want it. It's okay, isn't it? I don't have to have everything I want when I want it. Or what about this? Not always saying what I want when I want to say it. Boy, that helps, isn't it? That'll save a lot of arguments. What about being consistent in self-control. What about sometimes saying no to the things that I have the right to say yes to? Just because it's just probably not the right time. And this level of self See, brothers and sisters, when we, when we live life like this, we live life not because they in themselves are godliness, but they lend themselves to a place like Christ. And we become less of us and more of him. The Apostle Paul did the same thing when it came to self-control. Let's just quickly look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 again, where you're opened up to. Look at verse 8. He talks about the giving of money. Um, 
And he says in verse 8, Do I say these things as a mere man, or does, the, does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen that God is concerned about, or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing that if we should reap with your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. It's a beautiful passage because he says, you know what? He goes, even though others have received help financially from their people, he says, we haven't done this. We've actually chosen not to, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, this self-control is really important because sometimes, you know what? It's okay to say no to things, especially, especially if it's going to hinder the gospel of Christ. Are we consistent in guarding our heart? Are we consistent in selflessness? Are we consistent in bearing the cross each day? These are all the habits. These are all the disciplines. And we can keep going. They will lend themselves to the things of the Lord. So 2023. God is the God of new beginnings. What habits are you going to leave behind? And what are you going to trust God for? What will you determine? Say, you know what? This hasn't helped me, man. This isn't not good. This is not good for me. And by the grace of God, I'm going to develop habits and disciplines that are going to help me. I want to finish with this quote. God is the sanctifier. God is the sanctifier, not man. But as we commit to letting go of unhelpful ways and discipline ourselves to godly habits, then we will see more of Christ develop. We must dig deep in our faith and persevere, believing holiness will prevail. So that first part is really important. God is the sanctifier, not man. God will do the work. God will do the work, and we've got to trust him for that. Let's pray. This morning, I pray that most importantly, that you would lay down the areas of habits in life that have been unhelpful. The last thing you want to do is take them into a new year. And that your relationship with the Lord will become your priority because this is the very thing that's going to break the habits and the things in life that have become unhelpful. And that you would trust him to develop in you a discipline, a life that is not based on rules or expectations. But are a shadow and an image of the things of the Lord. And that will lead us more and more into the image of Christ. As we just reflect for a moment before we sing together just ask the Lord to reveal to us the kinds of habits that have that need to be let go of and that we start a new year with developing new disciplines new habits that are going to help us and establish us and deepen us and
grow us and give us purpose. Let's take a moment to reflect and to ask the Lord. Brothers and sisters, as we close in prayer this morning, I just want to encourage you that um, as you commit yourself to these things, persevere, trust in the goodness and the grace of God. Don't be discouraged if you try and you fail, you try and you fail. Trust the Lord who is the, the one who can. He is the sanctifier. Continue to put your hope in him, not in your methods, not in your ways, but to give all your days and all your ways to him trusting that he will perfect and complete you. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your time of worship and your word. Pray your Holy Spirit continues to reveal to us the things that uh, must stop, the habits that are unhelpful, Lord. Creating us, Lord God, the new heart, the new way, the new habits, the new life that you promise us and you're able to do. In Jesus' name. Amen.